0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast, the only podcast where the guest picks the topic of every episode. My name is Corey Tindall, and as always, I'm your host. And this week, I sat down with New York City comedian Jake Timothy to talk about the idea of identity in your art, and in this case, specifically comedy. It was a really interesting discussion about how he actually went about thinking of being a comedian both on stage and off stage, how he thinks about going around in life uh, in regards to separate relationships Uh, and it's a lot of stories of different instances where you know maybe we bombed on stage and it really kind of helped us figure out what not to do on stage and how to find our identity through doing very well and doing very poorly all at the same time. So if you're interested in comedy what kind of makes a comedian um, think about themselves in a certain way and become who they are on stage, you're gonna really like this episode. Um as always follow me at Corey T Comedy on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Um and come see me and Keanu and Chris Ryder and Jesse Townsend and other uh podcast guests every single Monday at Greenwich Village Comedy Club, 7:30. Every show you can get the tickets on Eventbrite. Um Come check us out. It's a really fun show, and this is a really fun podcast. So let's get into it. I love the Soho Playhouse. um,
1: I've only been there once.
0: I saw James Acaster there. Do you know him? Oh yeah, I he's great. I, honestly, I think one of the most underrated comics um, working he's right un- now. in America. In America, yeah. yeah, he's huge in England, but yeah, like, yeah.
1: but that's a lot of folks. You could say it like they just have yeah. this huge. It's because if you start in America, you're like in the mecca where they're all, they will like, they will distribute what you do throughout the world. But yes, if you like, unless you're like Ricky Gervais, like if you start in England, it's hard to. Yeah. People to really connect to what you're doing.
0: Yeah, totally, totally agree. I think like just the the fact that every single person in England is gonna have heard of him, but then he plays a place like the Soho Playhouse when yeah. he comes to New York. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know I think that, that shows you. You know,
1: uh, Daniel Sloss. Is that his yes. Name? Yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah. He, he did the Soho Playhouse too. Right. Yeah.
0: And it's not like a, it's not a bad room. It's not a small room, but it's like it's very niche. It's very who's um. Who's the guy that runs it? Isn't it Brian? Brian Morris. Brian Morris. Super funny dude. Um, oh, yeah, dude. He's hilarious. But another person who's, like, very niche. Like, you you got to be ready for some <laughs> alt fucking comedy with, I get to with that. Brian Morris. He's so funny, though.
1: I did the, the pair on Tuesday, and he went up. Uh, he, he just, like, closed it out. And it was, like, such a hot room. Like It was, like, a little too rowdy at its point, so people were shouting. I had to be kicked out and stuff. And then Shit. He went Who up.
0: Kicks people out of the pair. Uh,
1: it doesn't happen Is all the it time. Like Sean, I <laughs> it was like, I can't picture never, any of the it's comedians. It's never Sean.
0: <laughs> if
1: I have, if I'm on the show, or if I'm producing it, I will do it. Cause oh it, yeah. If I haven't Before gone you. up yet, especially, I'm just like, fuck this. I'm right. Not, if no one's gonna do that, or I'll tell them to stop first.
0: You're like, and then eventually work again. out all through quarantine or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna beat the be- shit out of these beat- audience, <laughs> audience members. <laughs> yeah Um, but yeah you were saying Brian Morris um, yeah and
1: he closed it out and um, he just like it's I don't know it's really interesting to watch someone like who knows exactly what they're doing like it's it's such a niche like strange thing that he does but he's so comfortable with it that he didn't get like a laugh for the first minute of his set yeah minute and a half and then once the laughs like people started to understand what was happening and he just he killed
0: yeah yeah, he he kind of goes to the stage with this attitude of like you're wrong, like I'm I know what I'm doing. I know this is funny. This is your fault. You're not. Yeah, laughing. he's
1: like this is what comedy is on the planet that I'm from. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that is a great way to put it. Because, yeah, he's like I, you know, uh, the Soho Playhouse planet. Um, yeah, yeah, I I don't know how people do that and maybe it's just like maybe i'll get better at that as i get older because like brian morris is older he's not he's not like our age he's not in his 20s um so maybe like i guess every big name comic hits that point eventually like oh you're not laughing while you're wrong um not that yeah brian morris is like famous or whatever but like being that secure in your bits and everything while also asking the audience for attention, just, like, it's so contradictory in my head.
1: Yeah, yeah. but I think, I mean, part of it is, like, just being on stage so many times that you know, like, the rhythm of stand-up and how it works so intrinsically Yeah, that when something that works isn't working, you just, you don't crumble. You're just like, well, I know this is funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is... I think exactly right, so I guess I just got to practice more, or I'll never get there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would be a good quitting story. It's like, oh, why'd you quit? It's like, well, you know, never got, never believed in my jokes, you know. would be like, that is important. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, a, that's rule one, dude. <laughs> that, is, that is rule one. Well, it's like, it's, it's tough when you're starting out, like, so you're you're actually really good i feel like at being super comfortable on stage and you yeah. always have been is that what you would like is that how you go into it because the first still four and a half years i've been doing it i'm still like oh nope this bit might fail and then uh, waiting for it to fail
1: yeah i just don't care if it fails i mean i i before covid i was way more nervous on stage and then for whatever reason like the first day I did stand-up again I was like oh I'm fine yeah so I think it was so I got a taste of what it would be like if I just quit comedy yeah and I was like oh this sucks way more so like even if this isn't going well I know that I'm funny enough to like have a right to do this and have yeah. a place uh, to do it so now I am I just feel very secure on stage I feel comfortable especially at the pair I feel comfortable just like trying new material yeah. running stuff it's yeah nice.
0: I was just talking with another uh, comic. I don't know if you know Corey Yoskowitz. Um, oh yeah, I'll get him on on this podcast all days pretty off pretty soon. Yeah, pod, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Alex Aaronson both really funny. Go look him up. Um, but we were talking about how it's super important to have that club where you are so comfortable that you could literally do anything, and you're not going to be thrown off. You know, like. You could start blaming the audience it doesn't matter what happens you know you're not going to get thrown out like you're just comfortable and that was like he was talking about how he doesn't really have that like he's got a couple places he goes but he doesn't have a place where he can like try ridiculous new stuff and just see what happens where like greenwich for me like the comics in the back were being too loud one time so i gave an audience member ten dollars to walk back there and tell them to shut the fuck up and they (laughs) did it and it was awesome and jesse was back there was jesse keanu and like a couple other people who have been on this podcast they were so fucking mad at me for like (laughs) i still don't understand why they got so mad at me because in my head that's hilarious like yeah it's also going back there they shouldn't be talking they shouldn't (laughs) yeah yeah, well you know (laughs) i can't tell them not to talk but i can't tell them to talk quieter but like that sort of comfortability and that's what you've got at the pair too right
1: oh yeah and i'll feel it like in other places too just because i know so many people in the scene now it's pretty rare that i'll do a show where i show up and i have like no idea who anyone is so i don't if i'm someone books me on a show i'm not going to go and just run new material and like work on stuff i'll respect what they're doing and i'll do stuff i know works but it's still like i'll feel i feel pretty secure in this yeah
0: yeah no that's that's, I think, the way to go. I think a lot of people just kind of float around and they don't really have a quote unquote like home or whatever, like a home base, which is good to have. That's what we were talking about before is like producing shows and having the ability to run your sort of thing. And it's more work, but you're in full control. You're a little more comfortable.
1: Oh, yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, that's like such an important thing to have, especially when you're like developing a voice and just like figuring out who you are on stage. It's important to have a place that just lets you experiment yeah and some people think like they'll be they'll have that place just by like their merit or how funny they are which is like almost never the case it's almost never you the could case. be like hilarious <laughs> yeah but if you're like a two years in or whatever sorry you, are
0: you tom segura shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah
1: for real you need to like produce shows you need to bark you need to do something for yeah. them they're like okay you're worth more than just right another fucking comedian which everyone is in Manhattan
0: especially if you're a straight white dude oh like, yeah <laughs> if you're a straight white dude not helping produce a show or produce a show you're not making it I'm sorry you're just not oh yeah man. <laughs> it's so how did you because uh, I would I would say you have a very unique voice like a very unique identity on stage how did you come up with that Cause you're like, I guess for for the audience, let me let me take a stab at describing you on stage, and then you could tell me where I'm I'm off. But like, you are so slow and deliberate with your jokes that it like, you could make four lines go for like a minute and a half and then oh, that yeah. fourth line is so funny and i just like i watch you on stage and i'm like that is terrifying like i am terrified <laughs> that that fourth line is not going to be funny and i would have just wasted a, a minute and a half of everyone's time but you're just like chilling up there and i i have no idea how you do it it's so the opposite of my style which is like kind of fast
1: yeah i mean I, one of one of one reason for that is like I think if you can like create that tension and sit in it then you have more control over the audience than someone who's shouting over them because I I watch a lot of like open micers or maybe or like amateur comics at my level that's how they would try to like take control of the audience is be louder than them yep or shout and so like I'm the loudest thing in the room so you have to watch me yeah but if you, like, stand on stage and you face an audience and you, like, don't say anything and you're comfortable, like, sitting in silence, they'll just get so uncomfortable. Yeah. And so you have so much power in just, like, holding on to that. Why would you just, like, give it away by trembling and, and shouting and just making faces and shit? Like, I, you know, like, I, I pause a lot and I just have a lot of, like, very pregnant pauses, lots of silence. And then I'm very deliberate with my words, just so that like people actually listen. yeah, like I was saying earlier I, that midnight show I did on Tuesday that Brian was on, um, before I went on stage, like the, the host was like, "Yeah, dude, there's these like really rowdy people in the back. They're like shouting at all the comics." And I was like, okay. And I, got on, I just did what I do. I got on stage, and I was just like, I didn't say anything for like five, 10 seconds. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to start with like a story. Yeah. And everyone stopped talking. Like the room just stopped talking. So I was like, all right, if you just don't play into it, if I got on stage and I was like, I heard you guys are loud. Shut the fuck up. Like yeah. <laughs> you're just yeah. you're throwing gas on the fire. You know,
0: that's true. Some people can can uh, really thrive in those types of shows. hundred like, percent. Like Chris Ryder. I feel like the rowdier the room, the better his set's going to be because he's oh, yeah. yelling over them no matter what.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I'm not not to look down on people that do that. No, like that, no, that's just, I know you're not. I don't have access to that sort of energy. Right. My energy is sort of just I kind of gather. I would be terrified. Attention. if You started
0: yelling at me. Yeah, it's not. It's like, not pleasant. I've never heard you yell before. It's not funny. And I'm like, that is, <laughs> man, <laughs> I would that. <laughs> yeah. I would be. I would start sweating. That would not be good. <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: I, I guess the difference between me and Ryder is I like. I gather that attention, yeah, and that energy, and Ryder just—it's like an explosion. Like he yeah. just releases it and yeah, distributes it Saiyan. through <laughs> the room. Yeah, but he can also breathe that energy into the room. Yes, he can. I can't really do that that way.
0: Okay, so what do you do when like a room is dead, like a rowdy room? That's your move. Slow it down. People will will come to you. I do the same thing. And if it's dead, you'll. The same thing is like that it, it, will also pick them up. Like, yeah. okay, so you're you're
1: usually have it's what if a room okay. is like dead and someone is is like, shouting at them and they're not. That's not what they like. Hmm. Like they don't want that high energy stuff. Then I'll go up there and I'll talk to them and it'll like bring them out of their shell. I'll just yeah. like almost like a librarian, just like how how are you guys now? Are we okay? And they'll be like, oh yeah, we're you know. We're comfortable now with you. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I Chris Ryder scared me, but you're very comfortable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the other thing is like if if the audience gets the sense that you just don't give a shit about what they're doing, then they'll start paying attention. That's true. That's like the Jim Carrey quote where he's like like when he's trying to figure out like what to do on stage, he's like, What do audiences want? And then one day he was like, Oh, they just they want to be free from concern. They don't want to care yeah. about you. So if you go up there and you're like nervous, obviously they pick up on it in a second and then they're like uncomfortable and upset that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But if you just go up there and own the space and you don't give a fuck what they're doing, then they're like actually interested in what you're doing. Right. Yeah.
0: Don't show them you care about what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Just you can't care.
0: Right. Yeah. But you kind of have to. That's that's kind of the, the contradiction that was going on because, like at the end of the set, you get off and then you figure out what worked and what didn't work. So in some level, you do care.
1: Definitely, but you can't. It's, like those, you can't go up there and like be begging them for their attention. You know, you can't yes. be like I'm doing this yes. thing because I feel like it's what you would want to hear. Yes. Yada yada. You got to do your own thing. And hope. I mean, it probably takes years for this to work, but you got to figure out how to do your thing speak in your voice be completely true to yourself and also like meet or like people in the middle and be like how is this communicating to others yep but you can't reach too far over the line and be like i'm just doing shit just to please you guys because that's unmemorable
0: yep no you're 100 percent right one of one of my big issues is like if i don't get a pop i will start speaking faster and faster and i will sound more eager and it's just like it spirals downward um and then i end up having a bad set so oh yeah it's uh no you're 100 percent right and that's you know i'm not saying that happens to me every single set but it's like just enough that i'm like i always gotta watch out for that i hate that um totally different topic what, what happened the last two days that you didn't sleep at all <laughs> <laughs> you messaged me yesterday and we're like, hey, I think we should do this some other time. I haven't slept in two days. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I know you're not doing like nine shows a night. No.
1: I just, um, it's not even like
0: I was like out partying or anything. I, just, I don't do
1: that. I just, I just, I had a good set on the midnight show on Tuesday. And I went home and I was writing jokes. And I, I recorded myself. So I was watching that tape. And I was like made, taking notes about what I was doing that I didn't like and whatever and then when I stopped doing that it was like 3.30 in the morning and then I just didn't fall asleep I didn't get I didn't get tired until like 10 a.m. I just was awake until 10 a.m. and then I was like I can't fucking go to sleep right now I I gotta like try to stay awake and reset the schedule and then i went and got some like fresh bagels I was like this will <laughs> make me excited and want to stay awake all day <laughs> yeah i went and got these bagels i brought them home put them on the counter sat down and then i just fell asleep and i was i fell asleep for like an hour and woke up and like tried to work out but i was so tired and yeah it was like that all day just kept like, every time i sat down i would just pass out jesus it was terrible and then when i messaged you i was like i'm not going to even I'm not gonna be able to form sentences.
0: I'm not gonna lie. I almost was like, no, this could be great. <laughs> please, please, it could be 30 minutes, but I wanna, like, I wanna try this out. I wanna see what what okay. Loopy Jake is like because you're so even keeled <laughs> all the time. I was like, I bet you maybe sleep deprived. I could get him to really be. Loud you wouldn't have
1: noticed a difference, but in my, I wouldn't have even known where I was. I would be like lighting cigarettes inside of your apartment. <laughs> you're like, dude, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let me just go open a window. I guess. <laughs> then get back to the parents like Jake is really bold. <laughs> He's, he showed up, started lighting cigarettes, pissing on the floor. It was a, <laughs> it was a, a real podcast. We got on video, so we're good. Um, no part part of the part of the reason that I was interested is because the topic you wanted to talk about was identity, and I was like, how does how would how would your take on identity change if you were sleep deprived versus not sleep deprived? So much, dude. So, so give me okay. So give me your initial thoughts on like why the topic of identity, and then like, I don't know if you would thought about it at all while you were sleep deprived, but like, what are those differences in oh, your head? I, a
1: lot, because <clears throat> I mean, when you're when you fall asleep like that for like an hours at a time, and you wake up and keep falling back asleep, you never really get de- like deep REM sleep, right? So you have just insane dreams. And so I'd fall asleep for like 45 minutes and I'd have a dream about like I'm backstage at MSG. And it's like I'm filming a special. Damn. And like my relatives are coming into my room and be like telling me all this shit before Any I go on stage. you more realistic dreams, Jake? And then, <laughs> But then I'll wake up and then the next one was like my, I am at Mike's mm-hmm. and I'm bombing at Mike's. And my so friends are like uncomfortable telling me that I should quit comedy.
0: Oh no. That is honestly yeah. my worst fear. It's oh it's, it's terrible. I regularly tell that to Chris. I'm like, yeah. when I become that guy pointing to whoever's on stage, yeah. please tell me to quit. Like oh, yeah. tell me to start a family and move back to <laughs> Michigan. I don't <laughs> I I can't be that guy.
1: It's terrible. But those I mean, those dreams are like because I'm awake. I'm essentially awake. Right. I'm just so tired that it feels like I'm sleeping and I'm just dreaming. Yeah, it's just nonsense like my brain is rearranging all my anxieties. And so it's stuff like like I get when I'm tired that's it's I'm very negative. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: So most yeah,
1: so I mean those dreams are like really like framing just how I feel about myself so that being at MSG is like a massive ego spike for no reason <laughs> yeah. because I had a good set and I was like watching the tape <laughs> and I'm asleep and I'm like what if I was the most famous guy ever
0: <laughs> Netflix is gonna love yeah. this bit <laughs> and then I wake up and
1: I'm like you're fucking you're an egotistical maniac oh, like, okay. thinking about this and then I fall asleep and then the the next dream after that is like you're a, like the bottom of the barrel piece of shit yeah and so I mean and it's like the reason I, that topic is came to my mind was like in stand up if you want to stand out you have to have like a voice yep. and you have to have a, a pretty interesting identity on stage
0: unique at the very least oh yeah
1: and so that, that's something i worry about all the time it's like i when i get laughs on stage am I like am i not am i saying anything about myself that's like worth selling cuz you're you're the product when you're a comedian you have to sell yourself to the people and if you're just telling jokes like ever that's replaceable you know
0: yeah i yeah. mean there are really good joke tellers you could say that about you know anthony jeselnik mark yeah but norman. he's got a he's jeselnik they, is very unique they but, have
1: uh personalities though That's true mark norman like mark norman is a great joke writer of course Jeselnik's a great joke writer but like mark norman part of it is his awkward presence on stage yes and a lot of his fan base are people that listen to him on podcasts where he just tells stories which i think are funnier than his stand up honestly like yeah his stories are so funny and interesting and he has such a crazy past and that that created just like this kind of um like like a lounge act comedian almost yeah that that like is silly when you just look at them against each other and contrast them but that I just, those guys, even though they're jokers, right? you can say the same thing about Mitch Hedberg. Like, he's not saying anything about himself, but his, it has such a unique presence on
0: stage. Yeah. That's what people like are you going know for. Him yeah. Through, yeah. You're right. So, how do I you. I could tell Mark
1: Norman jokes. Like, I could write those kind of jokes, but right. it wouldn't be funny.
0: Every, yeah. Every new comedian goes through different phases of other comedians. And in New York, almost every open micer starts doing Mark Norman at, at some point. Like I mean, yeah, he is, he's he's the
1: number one now. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and even his attitude of, like, I have to do six mics a night. I have to just, like, I have to hit the grind. If I'm not doing it every day, I'm a failure. Like, that that sort of attitude, which I guess is part Joe Rogan, part Mark Norman. But, um, yeah, it's pretty unrealistic. So, honestly, I like it because it kind of keeps the younger comedians out. But... The uh, I'm I'm all for new comedians coming in if they're good, but if they're just gonna copy <clears throat> other people, which you know, you do for a time, but that's part of figuring it out. Figuring out your yeah, voice is like, oh shit, I can write a Mark Norman joke, but I can't tell one.
1: Absolutely, yeah. But that's the, like I don't, that used to really bother me when I was sitting mics every day and I'd be like, this guy's clearly just doing Anthony Jeselnik, mm-hmm. or you just you're doing Norm Macdonald, something like that. Yeah, but after a while, you're like, well, that they're never gonna have a career. No, you know, because you won't have a career in comedy. You won't have a fan base unless you're saying something brand new. Yeah, right. Or it's saying it in a brand new way. That's not
0: gonna work for them. Yeah.
1: So they if, like they can do that they, all they want. You can pay your five bucks and go up and tell Nor McDonald jokes, Nor yep. McDonald style jokes. But you know, if uh, unless you're like actively trying to say something original, it's just not gonna work out for you.
0: Yeah. And that's where the self awareness comes in because if you were to ask any of those people like, Do you realize you're doing Norm MacDonald jokes? they'd go, Nope. I had no idea. Like Yeah. It's all retrospective that you realize like, Oh shit, I was doing Mark Norman jokes before and that doesn't work for me. But um so how do you go about like in a normal, non sleep deprived i guess actually let's let's get back to square one like why why are you so fascinated with the idea of identity and in what context does that make sense so like in the context of stand-up in the context of like being a good kid in the context of you know, being a functioning member of society—like, how do you how do you go about thinking about these things? And where where is that super interesting to you?
1: Um,
0: I mean, I guess it's
1: interesting in pretty much any way, you know, all sure. all across the board. Mostly, when I think about it, I think about it in terms of stand up because I'm just you know constantly trying to think about how I could make this a career, right? And that's the most important thing to me. I'm like, if I if I have like a unique voice, I think that's that would be like my greatest selling point. So if I can develop that, uh, I that that's like really important to me. It's something I think about a lot. And then I mean, other than that, I guess like it's I'm you know I'm 22, so I worry about it all the time. I'm like, do I know who I am? <laughs> a really lame way. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, but then I also feel like it's. I feel like that's just something you worry about a lot when you're young, and then you don't like actually figure it out. You just get to an age where you're like, whatever. Yeah, you're just comfortable <laughs> yeah. with it. No, that's it, true. You know, <clears throat> you're comfortable. So, yeah. So I get that. Like a lot of times, I'll just walk around with that feeling. I'm like, one day I'll just be secure in the not knowing, so I don't really care that much. But then other times I just worry. I'm like, what? know it's just it feels lame yeah yeah
0: I don't I don't necessarily think it's lame I think it's a little like I don't know if a lot of 22 year olds are thinking about it that way for sure Um, I guess so the other part that stuck out to me is that most early comedians think to themselves oh I have to write the best bits I have to write bits that are true to me where you're saying I need to find a voice that's true to me most yeah. most of the time with and this was me and um, with other comics, young comics that I know they're not even worried about their voice until you know year five, six, seven they're like well that'll come naturally to me I'll figure it out if I keep writing if I write the best bit then that'll be my voice essentially um, but you're kind of thinking about it backwards and I'm not saying backwards is in your wrong I mean just like backwards from the norm and maybe that's maybe that's the way to do it <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter if your jokes are good if you have a super unique voice
1: yeah i mean i get i remember like i wrote an essay when i was in like 6th or 7th grade or something for a teacher and i just like botched like <laughs> grammatically just fucking a nightmare <laughs> it was terrible i mean but you i got were an, like 11 <laughs> yeah, but i i got an a on it Very nice. Even though it was like marked up, just like red pen everywhere. Yeah. And she was like, I gave you an A because you have like a very clear voice. Huh. Like what the ideas that you're trying to explain are like, they're coming through very clearly, even though this is like a disaster. Yeah. It's just like you, you know how to organize these thoughts and communicate them, which is like the most important part of writing. And so I just remember that all the time. Like that's if you can, it doesn't really matter how you get the idea across even if you like break the rules of writing if you're communicating that idea that's like the most important thing that you can do yeah you know like uh, if you can make someone laugh without just doing set up punch set up punch you're not doing it wrong yeah you know
0: I like how you had the opposite teacher experience of what you normally hear about. Like <laughs> the person gets famous and they're like, Fuck all my teachers told me I'd never be nothing and you're like, I don't know, my English teacher kinda of framed everything I think now. Oh yeah, man. Good good for you, not blaming the teacher. Yeah, but then I mean after that I'd be in
1: high school, my teachers would be like, This is a dog shit essay. I'm like, Yeah, but the ideas are clear, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, no.
0: Well, so how did you think about identity back? Back in high school, let's say. Like, did you have good grades? How did you figure well, out what you... I never... So did you sure. always want to be a comic? Like, how...
1: Yeah, dude. Since since I was like eight years old. Really? Yeah. That is so I, the
0: opposite of me. I, I just can't believe... flipped all over the place.
1: It's the craziest thing to me is I, after I started doing comedy, I've met so many people who were like, I knew I wanted to do comedy, like the first mic i did it's like what do what you being, <laughs> how'd you get to yeah, that why mic? did you even go to a fucking open mic <laughs> yeah
0: my fantasy football team convinced me i should do it it's yeah. like what he, <laughs> out of your fucking <laughs> mind dude idiots yeah like <laughs> i have like <laughs> i almost said a really bad word there <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's
1: it's crazy to me how like a lot of like really talented people too yeah. Where I really admire. They're like, yeah, I never, I never once thought about doing it, <laughs> and then I yeah. tried it, and I was like, oh, I'm great at it. <laughs>
0: Does that make you mad? Like, no, it doesn't make the me the natural. Okay.
1: There used to when I used to just be hitting mics all the time. I had a very competitive mindset. Yeah. And exactly. if someone got a laugh, I'd be like, I have to get a bigger laugh than that. And so when people would tell me that that story of like, yeah, hey, I just tried it one day, and now it's like what I want to do, I would have this thought where I'm like, yeah, but I deserve to do it. <laughs> which is so (laughs) shitty and stupid and wrong it doesn't it doesn't matter how you get into it but that sucks like when you're only hitting open mics just like having that mindset of like you're because you're so far down yeah below the last rung of the ladder of show business like it just feels so shitty
0: show business wants you there so little you have to pay to be there yeah like that's essentially open mics Open in mics, New it's York. just
1: like a bunch of rats fighting over food. It really, it really And then is. like the like, production assistants are like betting on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like who's, which rat is going to kill the no other one?
0: There are no PAs at open mics. That's not worth their time. Oh, um, no, I just mean
1: they're higher up.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. On the totem pole. That's true. Um, I think I got lucky in terms of, because I, I am a very competitive person. But my first show ever, I had to follow Todd Berry. Like he, uh, oh yeah. I started with a class, and just because I moved to New York, I was like, I don't fucking know where to start, so I'm just gonna start with this class, and at least, at the very least, someone will point me in the right direction. And, um, the first show I ever did, it was just total like end of class bringer show, like everyone's having a good time, you know, the audience is alive because they know the people, and it's like classic bringer show, like this this show is amazing but you're not actually really getting anything from it. Todd Berry pops in. He goes right before me. I have to follow him and I like I had such a good set. Like I'd been running that at open mics all like for the last 6 weeks or whatever. I had such a good set and I realized I was like, "Oh, the only reason I had that good of a set is cuz they were so excited for Todd Berry before that." and it kind of hit me i was like oh if everyone who goes before me has a really good set then i will also have a really good set and so even though i am super competitive i kind of like took this like rising tide boats idea and was just kind of like i guess in the in the frame of identity i was like i'm going to be i want to be the person that's like bringing everyone else up to get an overall better show for uh, sure
1: I mean, I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. Like, when I'm on a no, lineup, I just... Definitely not. I like being on a lineup with other comics or, like, hanging out with comics more than anyone else in the world. So, I'm just, like, excited yeah. to be with these people. But when it was just, like, at mics, that's how I'd feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was during the pandemic. Like, that was the thing I missed the most. Yeah. People were like, oh, do you miss stand-up? I was like, yeah, you know, the, the shows are fun. Like, I miss having something to work on. But, like, the thing that I miss is sitting at the pair and just having... Ten to twenty people I know walk by and having all these mini conversations with them. Oh yeah, it's the best. It's yeah,
1: it's the best shit in the world. That's another thing about, like, when you have an idea of who you are. Like, I, the first time I heard like George Carlin, I was like eight years old, and I was like, I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna do. Be a comedian. Really? Oh yeah. Was, eight like, years old. It, See immediately, I, I was like, I, I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna be good at it, and I'm sure that I'm gonna, like, that's like a community I'm gonna be a part of and be like welcomed into. And I was wrong about everything else that I thought, like, (laughs) I'm going to be good at this. I'm not, I wasn't. But then when I started doing comedy, it was immediately, like, I actually like all these people because we're all, we want the same thing. Mm -hmm. We just want to be funny. Uh, And this is something that, like, people think it's, like, it's not a friendly environment, but it is. It is easy to make friends in comedy.
0: It is. There there are sort of, uh, like, Guidelines to how to act in, like, a as, a as with anything, club, but that's exactly what I was going to say. There's guidelines of how to act in corporate America, there's guidelines of how to act, yeah. like, you know, if you're with a bunch of farmers. Um, so like when people come in and they kind of break those un- unwritten rules, they're the ones who leave and go, It's a bunch of fucking assholes. Oh, yeah, we are a little bit insular. Um, yeah, but it's and it's also, a,
1: a lot of people don't understand the, the um, just like the way that communication works in like the comedy hang. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't like having your balls busted, yeah. it's fucking, it sucks. Then. Done. It's horrible. Which I would. Is, I understand why people feel like that.
0: Which is why like almost all of us were bullied growing up. Yeah. We're just like... <laughs> we're just like Okay, it's more of the same. I don't know. You yeah. can't say anything that that hasn't been said about me before, so For sure. good luck. But uh, what I was saying
1: before, I mean, like, knowing that when I was eight, like, I'm going to be part of that world, and then becoming part of it and being right, Yeah, like, I'm like, it's very fulfilling.
0: Oh, we're going to kick you out soon. <laughs> I don't, stay on your toes there, Jake. You're getting a little comfortable. Eh. Um, no, you're, even, you're if, good. even if everyone in comedy hated
1: me tomorrow, but I still had spots. I would not stop doing it. Yeah, I don't
0: give a fuck. Also, don't try that for anyone thinking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thinking the dude who everyone hates doesn't get spots very often. Yeah, no. Uh, no, Saying that's, in this bizarre hypothetical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where well, comedy
1: isn't just about who you know. Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's that's kind of the approach that I took to it is like along with the rising tide thing i was like i'm just gonna be nice to everybody like i don't i knew as soon as i started being a dick like my jokes were not frankly funny enough that people were gonna book me anyway and i was like i can't be that guy like i can't be the asshole genius like i will never be that guy i won't be that guy on stage i won't be that guy off stage it will not like i will die sad if i try that and uh and now people think i'm like super fucking nice like my uh do you know Caitlyn reese yeah she she was on this and i was like talking about there's like maybe 10 people that don't really like me very much and i don't like them either so it's fine um but i was like yeah yeah this person doesn't like me and she just goes wait how could that person not like you you're like a golden retriever with a business plan <laughs> and i was like yeah, I'll take that. You know, <laughs> and I'm on a mission. At least I have a goal. Like I'm not just running around all willy nilly being nice to people. I got you know I'm aiming for something. But like I guess that's my identity in college or in uh, comedy. Not college. It's more of a dick in college. But yeah, the uh, but to to your point, that just kind of happened. I didn't think like, oh, I want to be this. It's just like the identity was kind of formed for me. Where it seems like what you're saying is like, no, this is... I chose this. Like, eight years old, I saw that, and I was like, I am doing that. That is going to be who I am.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I don't even think I, like, chose it. It was just like, oh, that makes sense. It wasn't like I had a bunch of options, and I was like, I think this one's the best. It just... When I was... like I listened to his last album, George Carlin's last album, right before he died, and a lot of people hate that album, Mm. which, like, after I've listened to it again in recent years i have been like it's not his best definitely but when i heard it i thought it was hilarious and just the way he just like ha- he all of his observations the way he framed them and presented them i was like that sounds like something i could do uh and it sounds like something that's not not really rewarded anywhere else yeah so that just it makes sense for me like to just pursue that you know which is that's a nice th- like Part of like becoming who you are and figuring out who you are is like hearing yourself or seeing yourself in something else. Yeah. So like when you're young and like if you want to be a musician and you like listen to whoever it is that you really admire, like you will hear something in it that resonates with you and you're like, I think that's, I think that's going to end up being who I am, part of who I am. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you look back on it ten years later and go, "What the fuck was I thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> like yep. my long hair, Slipknot face. Oh uh, shit! Really? Yeah, I'll show you the I'll show you the photo afterwards. Um, <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, it's. it's oh yeah, something. you
1: got to try out different things, right?
0: Oh, and I a hundred percent wanted to be in a band. And honestly, yeah. like I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but if someone was like, you could play MSG as a comic, or you could play MSG as. The lead singer of a band at 100% taking the band i just wow, like okay i'm I, gonna
1: tell the rest of the community say,
0: <laughs> well neither are like, gonna happen Corey's so. a traitor <laughs> yeah right no it's just like the adrenaline that comes with music is like it's just I, were you ever a musician did you ever i played, play. i play the guitar oh okay yeah
1: but it's not i don't know i feel i don't have that um I feel like when I'm telling jokes, I feel like that's the most sincere I can be. Yes. I'm telling jokes about myself. When I see a guy, like, sit, like playing the guitar and singing, I'm like, you're fucking douchebag. You're full of shit, dude. You're expressing yourself right now. You're fucking horny. Go fuck yourself. Hey,
0: you got to respect the musicians that are, like, telling you that they're horny. Just straight up. Yeah, like, that, that's, that's all of Motley Crue. You're being sincere. Like, I'm horny and you're here, so here that's, we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do
1: respect like uh, hair bands like that. Mm-hmm. There, there's no like artifice. Yeah. to the uh, like we're just doing this to get pussy.
0: Like, yeah. of
1: course, I I get it, dude. But don't be like Hosier, being like I'm doing this because animals are being eaten. <sighs> yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah.
0: Well, that's like it's it's interesting. Um, we we don't have to stay on music for too long but that is really i think the reason that most bands like their first album is the the people that are real fans of that band it's almost always their their favorite album because the first album the singer the music all of it they're just trying to figure it out they don't really have like any sort of an outside like pop influence it's just like it's raw and that's like that's who they are and then you get into those later albums like i used to listen to a lot of disturbed which is like heavy metal like just the first album was just a bunch of weird noises put together with like a bunch of heavy guitar and then like by the fourth album he's got a song about the holocaust and i'm like (laughs) what where did this fucking come from and then like as i got older i was like oh you ran out of ideas he was like, oh, I'm going to sing about the Holocaust because that's important." And I'm like, "Yeah, it is important, but like maybe not for this album maybe, maybe leave that to like scholars and like news people. I don't know I don't know I guess I guess we should all be talking about the Holocaust, so yeah. I, I don't know um yeah, that but is, it's yeah. like you know, I think every every artist has got to figure out you know what is their identity in their art and what's their identity outside of." There are comedians. It's kind of meshed. I feel
1: it is. Yeah. And also a lot of what appeals to me about comedy is like this is the I think the most vulnerable Mm. you can be is you're it's sitting in front of like it's even if you're not even talking about yourself, it's uncomfortable because you're fucking talking to an audience trying to get like some kind of reaction out of them. But you have the potential to be incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. Like explicitly not singing a song where there is like layered language about, like, like you are telling people, like, this is something that happened to me that is a weird to say. Yeah, I think that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think you are wrong. Um, and I may have told this story on this podcast before, but the worst set I ever had was it was at Greenwich. It's like the place I am most comfortable. It was a hot show just unbelievable like nobody saw it coming as the people were having a great time I went up right in the middle because it was my show and I was like I'm going up in the best spot and the I think it was like four or five people before me just crushed I go up there and I bomb like not a single laugh just a complete 180 from what they were doing before I get off stage the next three comics fucking kill. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back and I was like, they hated me. There is no other way around this besides they saw me and they went, nuh uh. And <laughs> that's just it. And that was like, wow, that might have been the scariest, most hurtful thing that's ever happened to me in my life. But it yeah. also like it showed me so much about like I can't get cocky cocky doesn't work for me i can't be over eager eager doesn't work for me yeah. It like i learned more from that bomb than i think like anything else in that entire year it was like year number two so i was just starting to feel like i kind of knew what i was doing oh yeah um and it it showed me that it showed me a lot of what i am not able to do and it has helped me so much from then on really
1: yeah definitely that's, I mean, I've had bombs, like like horrible bombs like that too. But it, it's like, and of course you learn a lot from them. But I think it's also, it's just funny that that's how that happened. Yeah. When you follow three people that <laughs> obliterate the room. Yeah. And then you go up and the first thing you say, it's just like, fuck you. Yeah. It's hilarious.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: It's like I, it's in hindsight. When I think about all of those bombs, I'm like, if I was a fly on the wall in that room, that's just a funny situation that's happening. It's really uncomfortable <laughs> in yeah. the moment. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. But it's just objectively hilarious.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. It's almost cartoonish how quickly the faucet turned off. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just like something out of like when SpongeBob is getting on stage and I was they love just him thinking and that, then yeah. Squidward and they just start booing him. It was honestly like that. And so it's like, look like I don't like I don't lay in bed thinking about that all night. But it's like, you know, every time I, I kinda have a like a set that didn't go as well as I thought it would, I'm like, God damn it, here we are again. How many times do I gotta learn this lesson for myself <laughs> oh man
1: yeah that's another (laughs) thing if you get on stage like if if everyone's doing well and it pumps you up and you get on stage with this energy of like this is gonna go well yeah that's part of why they're like go fuck yourself
0: i that was the the time i stopped i had to stop watching the comics before me i'll watch the people after me but i can't watch the ones before and i even hate it when comics come back and they're like they're great there's so much fun. You're gonna kill. You're gonna kill. I oh, know. Yeah. I know that. You're gonna you're gonna kill. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like you <laughs> don't know that. I'm gonna psych myself out.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that's some um, um, Usama Siddiqui told me once. He was like he's like, you always just wanna like bring them to the middle. It's so like if, if mm. the room is bad, you want to make them laugh enough. But if everyone is like murdering in like in an insane way, mm. you want to bring them down. You want them to like just listen to you. Okay. So like what essentially what I took from that, this is a while ago he told me this. But sure. What I took from that is like if you are killing that hard, mm-hmm. it's not about you. Yes. So if you're actually working on something and you want the room to listen to you and actually be invested in what you're doing, you have to bring them to a place where they're doing that. Not yes. where they're just like screaming because they understand the rhythm of a joke. Yes. And you just hit a punchline. It's like that's that's the work of it. Is you, that's the you're bring you're having them follow you through the performance and not just like have a party essentially. Yes. And then if yep. if it's they're like a terrible room, you ought to have the skill set to bring them up.
0: Yes, I now now that you explain, it, I 100% agree. And it's something at Greenwich that actually very recently happened to me, because um, like I I will work the door for my own show. Like I'll you know I'll take tickets, I'll get them inside, all that other stuff. And so when I get on stage, like I have had it where people are looking at me, and I can tell. Like, the gears are going in their head. Where have I seen this guy before? So... And I I hate that. Like, I hate looking at the audience and them thinking... Like, seeing that they are confused. Because they're not paying attention when they're confused. Yeah. And so, I will get on stage every once in a while. And say, yes, I am the guy from the door. Don't think about it. Um, And that normally gets a laugh. Last week, like, they exploded. Like... (laughs) I I had no idea why and I literally looked at them and I was like hey that was not that funny shut the fuck up and it like that got a laugh but they also like kind of calmed down and I think that's what that's what you're trying to say right like that's what Osama's trying to talk about because if they were gonna laugh that hard at I'm the guy from the door then they weren't gonna listen to me
1: yeah no they're like just excited that you're able to talk into the microphone yeah (laughs) you know
0: Honestly, there are some comics who can't. So, uh, yeah. you know.
1: That's the thing. I mean, what's, what's uh, Dean David said that to me once. He was like, "Just you should be comfortable on stage because most audiences are just amazed that you're talking."
0: That's true. It was it, actually this happened last night. There was a comic that I saw get on stage and at the end of his like he did not have a good set, but at the end of his set he brought an audience member on stage to read something off a piece of paper that he had written written as like part of a bit. But I was like, oh, that is an amazing way to get off stage with people in a good mood. Because at the end of that bit, they're going to clap for her. They're not laughing for him, but they are going to have enjoyed what just happened. Yeah, And I was like, that's smart. I hate that you did it. But it's also, <laughs> that's a cheap move. But I see what you did, and yeah. I, I understand where it's coming from. Um, so where do you see your identity going? Like, we talked a lot about, like, how you found it, what you're doing right now. But, like, how do you expect to grow going forward? Because I think everybody's trying to figure that out to some extent. Like, what am I going to end up being?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think, I should, like, offstage in regular life, I try to just be comfortable with who I am, you know, I don't I don't worry too much about like I see a lot of folks especially in the village you see like NYU students who are you know have a thousand piercings and tattoos on their face and shit and I'm like you're not you haven't figured it out <laughs> like yeah you think you did because you put all this dumb shit on your face Yep. but you look like a moron
0: <laughs> that's society telling them that yeah man. and maybe
1: a- if you just gave your dad a call you would feel like an idiot for putting all this stuff on
0: yeah I mean, <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's,
1: but that's, I, I feel for those people. I get really upset because I'm like, I get what you're doing. Yeah. Like you are really, you're just trying the wrong thing. you like digging your, I mean, maybe it's, you know, tattoos are what you like. I don't know. Sure. But it's, I could see a lot of folks are really trying to f- create an identity out of these weird kind of like, ex- uh, what's the word? Superficial things. Sure. Or just like gather things around them it's like you're at the beach and you're just like collecting sand around you and you're like i'm a new guy now no you're not (laughs) (laughs) it's a i I feel like i just want to be don't worry too much about like my appearance or like how other people are looking at me and what they see i put zero thought into what i wear every day you know and so i just try to like be comfortable in my head That's because
0: you're in good shape (laughs)
1: yeah, well, <laughs> if you
0: were fat, you would the other you'd thing. have to think about it more.
1: <laughs> I, most most of the exercise I do is just to manage anxiety, right? You know, yeah. So that like just gets, it feels good. Just to have done a workout and I'm not like there isn't so much energy inside of me that it's like it doesn't have anywhere to go and it's ruining my day and I can't yeah. think straight. But so you know, uh-huh. I just try to like f- focus on what I'm thinking. And that should be enough to like. As that should be enough of a business card, for me to, out in the world.
0: So you're you're not really thinking about it. I I just find it weird that at like eight years old you're like that's what I'm gonna do, and then from then you've been like, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I figured it out already. Like, <laughs> I'm not worried about. Six, stand up. I know. I'm, oh, okay.
1: I know I'm, I'm good at it, and I'm gonna get better. Yeah, and I work pretty hard. with Yeah, it. no, you, know, you definitely. I, I write a lot, so I, I don't worry about that. It's all, it's when you have that, like, yeah, like I knew I wanted to do it when I was pretty young, and then to start doing it and be good fairly quickly, like just have an idea of what I'm doing, I'm able to do it. It just it's very fulfilling in a way that's like it gives me confidence for the next decisions that I'll make yeah. in my life. So that's very, it makes me feel very secure that having that background.
0: Damn. Um, Well, I know, I know fucking 50 year olds that don't have that nailed down. So yeah, I'm super lucky for you that you figured that out for yourself. I wouldn't even say that I've figured that out for myself, but that's, you know, maybe I need to work out more and just tame the anxiety, (laughs) Um, live in the moment. Um, But this was good. I think this was a a good conversation. I enjoyed talking about this kind of stuff because like, it's always interesting to me how everyone figured it out or is figuring it out. And I think like you could have a different conversation with every single type of person, but yours is especially fascinating. So thank you for coming by and, and talking about it. Where can people consistently, See you. I know you've got the weekly show, and you might have another thing coming up, too. Yeah,
1: so I got shows in the works, but right now we're doing a live podcast at the Pair, Grizzly Pair, uh, 6 p.m. every Sunday.
0: What's the... Plug it. What's the name?
1: I named it yesterday. It's called Peanut Butter Trap.
0: Peanut Butter Trap. Yeah. I love it. Amen. That's awesome. With former guest Eli well, Habba. Yeah,
1: with... Uh, Uh, Co-host Eli Habba, it's live, so if you want to come, tickets are on Eventbrite, or you can buy them at the door, uh, and you can be part of the recording, which is a lot of fun, or you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts.
0: Very nice. Yeah, Yeah. and everyone here should definitely go listen to Eli's episode on getting arrested. It's still one of my favorite episodes of this podcast ever. That (laughs) kid's got some stories. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's your Instagram? TikTok, Twitter, what do you got? No
1: TikTok. Instagram Jesus. Jake Timothy.
0: Okay. And follow me at Corey T comedy. Um TikTok, Instagram, Twitter are my main three every Monday, seven thirty. And now I'm on a bunch of shows every week at Three Monkeys. Um look up Sheba Mason comedy three monkeys. Um you'll be able to get tickets. There are some free ones available, so check see if you can find those before you pay. Um but yeah, Jake. Thank you for coming. Thanks it was a yeah. lot of fun.
1: I'm still pretty tired so. Yeah. If some of no, that didn't, good. didn't make sense.
0: <laughs> I think it all made sense. Uh, but if it didn't we'll get you to come back and clarify in the uh, <laughs> in the next one that you do. But I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right.